Welcome to the Level 85 Rogue Podcast, Fleshy. What you're about to hear may hurt those delicate little ears of yours. Such gutter speak is sometimes not for ears like yours. Perhaps my blade may amend that situation for you. Prepare to shadow dance. You don't have enough energy. For the Forsaken. Welcome to episode 3 of the Level 85 Rogue Podcast. I'm Ian. And I'm James. Excellent. Thanks for joining us this week. This week, I know we're a little later than usual. We'll be returning to our normal scheduled day of Thursdays from now on. Uh, we are going to be talking a lot about what it's like to be living inside patch 5.04. Um, we're just going to get into a brief discussion about what people can expect from the Theramore event, which should kick off at some stage next week, I believe. So, James, patch 5.04 seems to have... Uh, it's hit, and you know some people are looking around, going, "What the hell just happened?" Um, yeah, yeah. It, it's definitely brought um, a slight influx of players back to at least my server. Uh, I'm sure that's something that people jumped in to get familiar with, like the new things, such as um, the new talent system, glyphs being gone, class changes, uh, and the account wide changes as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, there seems to have been, um, at least when Wrath of the Lich King went live, or just before uh, it went into Cataclysm, there was this massive influx of players coming back to the game, uh, especially within a couple of days of the uh, the pre-expansion patch going live, and we haven't seemed to have had that so far uh, with this and what we've seen is that there hasn't actually been, well, from my point of view in the European realms and from what I've been seeing from my side of things, there hasn't seemed to have been a massive increase in the number of players that have been online. I mean, I've definitely seen people log on and go, so where's my world event? Only for them to be told in trade chat, you know, the world event is not until the week before Mr. Pandari and then that being followed with, okay, see you all then. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, I know some friends that stopped playing and the only ones that really came back, and you, and you more so notice it during prime time, just people kind of standing around, was that like these aren't people that stopped their subscription, or maybe they had the year pass. Mm. These are people that still subscribed and just popping on to see what was new. Um, so it's not really something to add to subscription numbers, but it definitely just seems to be kind of like clutter, <laughs> NPC clutter kind of. Uh, a lot of people were disappointed that the world event did not start, or any kind of phase of it did not start when the patch came out. Yeah, I mean, for a lot of people who just came back into this um, pre-expansion patch, or pre-patch for the expansion, uh, some people, have they logged on and they discovered, like, hey, I can no longer like summon a group of people. Now someone's got to fly there, because have group will travel got removed to stop people basically sitting in uh, city safe zones and a couple of other things that got changed where people were like so where the hell are my prime glyphs or what happens to my relics piece which turned gray or uh, if you're a rogue or a warrior your thrown weapon slot turned into a gray piece of thrash um, uh, so a lot of people were kind of thrown by things like that and I still think there's a lot of people who still don't fully understand the new talent system. Like, I know for myself, with playing my Paladin, I found my Paladin, in terms of rest, uh, to be quite boring in the rotation at the moment. It yeah, just I think, seems to be very, very bleh. Yeah, I think Paladins was probably the most that was 
hit where the front aspect or things to do in your spec yeah. has dropped dramatically. Like, in Holy Paladin, uh, like, Holy Paladin was no not always, like, this thrill, uh, ever. It was one of the most boring healing classes. Uh, and the only things you had to do that made you an exceptional Holy Paladin was things like using your judgment on cooldown and being effective and doing other things. And they kind of took a majority of that away where now I'm, ju I'm, I'm literally just a heal battery that just kind of stands there. Um, and then with Rep Paladins, they took away their AOE taunt. Yeah, that was uh, horrible. They, apparently, they, the devs feel that the threat generation of AOE from Paladins <clears throat> is, is good enough already. But it removed their <laughs> Who are they kidding? It, it removed their snap aggro. Yeah. Like granted, if the Rep Paladin is an off tank tanking all these ads and no one is touching them, you're going to be fine. But if something spawns that aggroes the entire like raid, you now have no AOE taunt or something to grab that snap aggro to pick them up. You better place your concentration concentration down like really well. Or you're screwed. Yeah, that's um. I like I noticed that um, when I'm playing with my tank, um, my paladin, like because I play re I now play rest DPS and uh, proc paladin. Um, that when I'm playing with my tank, I notice that compared to other tanks and who were maybe similarly geared, that I find my threat generation at the very beginning is very very difficult, and I don't seem to ramp as quick as say like a warrior. Uh, tank, I don't seem to ramp as quick as definitely nowhere as quick as a, a blood DK, and I'm finding that just a little bit weird. And I'm also finding it strange to deal with um, uh, the very often I'm finding that I'm letting auto attack because uh, everything's go to cooldown very quickly. That I'm actually relying a lot on auto attack. Like I notice that definitely on my rest. Um, yeah. It's just been a very very weird thing. And like, but I've noticed that once I what tell you where i've noticed this the most when i jump into a group and i've got a mage and people are like dude you got a mage in a group you're pretty much screwed in the second one of those appears but i've noticed that if uh the mage starts dpsing at the same time as say any of the other members of dps who are in a five-man group that i really really struggle to try and rein back in uh my threat and to get on top of my threat i mean i eventually do but Jesus, it's not without some effort. Yeah. Like, and I found, I found that really weird to struggle with because I didn't have that um, when in the pre five oh four when we were talking about like four point three four four or whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, yeah, it, it's in, in touching on Death Knights real quick as well. Uh, the whole point of them changing the talent system again was to try and escape from cookie cutter builds, and there was a lot of. DKs that were complaining that they can't no longer dual wheel tank. And the, well, the dual wheel tank kind of went out the door like at the end of um, Wrath of the Lich King in a lot of respects. Yeah. And that disappeared. And I just thought it was kind of funny that it blew actually responded saying blood specs meant to be two hand. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. And it's no. like you just destroyed any kind of theory crafting or put someone back into a cookie cutter spec for tanking but i think and, with the cookie cutter specs even when you're talking about cookie cutter specs like in, in all reality of things for paladins for ret dps paladins in uh 
PvP, you literally only have one choice, and that is that you pick every talent in there that relates to a, a proc on judgment, and you pretty much just turn into this like a judgment machine. You turn into like Judge Dread almost. Uh, <laughs> in just in terms of like that, you get these extra speed ups, you get these extra procs off it, and everything else. So I mean, they, where they say that they're, I understand where they're going with this, that they want to try and get rid of cookie cutter builds, but I, I think all this does is this invites especially like when I look at the Paladin structure for DPS and Rhett, uh, when you look at those tiers that you move through now, um, the five tiers that we currently have, and we're going to have six when Mr. Pandaria rolls around, but if you just pick in the first couple of them anything relates to Judgment, you just walk around and you're basically like a one-man killing machine. Yeah, it, I mean, they. I'm not sure why they continue the overhaul system saying they want to escape cookie cutter when no matter what they do, something is going to become the cookie cutter. There's going to be a min-max no matter what. Yeah, <clears throat> and, That's the very nature of the game, I think. And I think the most class that only has the best to escape the cookie cutter with the new system is mages with the hybrid specs for different buffs. Mm. But no one wants to really play a hybrid caster. No, the, I think not, those days are kind of gone too. And sort of when yeah. we're thinking about sort of the additional changes that went in, uh, one of the biggest changes that came into the game uh, is the cross-realm zones. Uh, when you talk about uh, real game changers, I mean, for those who played Guild Wars 2, cross-realm zones are like, yeah, we already have this and it's working great for us. Not so great for World of Warcraft players, James. At 100 page thread on the official forums holy shnikes yeah it's it's something that guild wars 2 made to seem so easily done granted there's this kind of like server based rather than instance phase base but it definitely feels like it was definitely rushed possibly for competition but also to try and fix a ailing population issue with the lower levels uh, zones. Competition, uh, surely not, James. <laughs> I mean, these are they, there was no way that, that World of Warcraft is in any way in competition with, with Guild Wars 2, and they would never do anything <laughs> which would indicate that there's competition. Surely not, yeah. you jest. I mean, if they were serious about competition, they would release a patch on a release day of a game that they were going to try and compete with. <laughs> but that aside, um, it definitely feels like it was given out before. Uh, or you get the greater impression from people getting tons and tons of issues and bugs that this was rushed way, way, way faster than they were actually meaning to. Um it felt something that it felt like it was sort of maybe desperation pushed by deadline to have it in there uh, to try and cover up population issues. Uh, I mean, some of the bugs in there are so ridiculous and not even well thought. The biggest one that stood out to me was, you know, well, there was two that is huge to me uh, where the cross zones, cross realm zones, we're not synced up on the same time zone. Yeah, so that was pretty you funny. Going from being in a daytime zone, then all of a sudden it's nighttime. And then the PvE compared to PvP. Yeah, so, that seems to have r rattled a lot of people's cages. Uh, for those who maybe aren't aware of this, 
the short of what James is talking about there with the la- second last thing he was talking about was, or the last thing was the uh, when people were on a PVE realm go in through a cross realm zone to some to a PVP zone, there is nothing that tells them that all of a sudden their PVE flag is dropped and all of a sudden it's game on, ding ding, you are in war of World of Warcraft. Uh, and I think that has irked an awful lot of players in the PvE side because obviously they choose the PvE side because they don't want to engage in this. And then all of a sudden it's being forced upon them that they have to engage in PvP. And I think a lot of people have taken umbrage with it. Yeah, and it really starts to... Because immersion beside, like, uh, immersion aside, um, just mixing the PvP and PvP P realms is very catastrophic to someone's gameplay. Well, for now, me, it's awesome because I'm just like <laughs> red people. Dang. Exactly. That's that's what I'm hyped about. <laughs> but uh, like, I, I'm not 100 sure if it's something where like if you go into a cross realm zone and it's mixing with PvP and PVE, like are people that are normally PVE flagged now flagged for like yellow named for PvP for you? Or is everyone just PvE friendly? I would assume the latter, where everything goes PvP. I mean PvE rather, and no one can attack each other. That that's the most that would be causing the less grief for someone that specifically went to a PvE server. Yeah, I mean that's um, what um that seems to be the case for a lot of people, and there's been in that like hundred page thread. I mean that's a lot of pages to go through. I mean we were going through this before the show and just picking out bits and pieces and trying to roll through them. I mean, one of the suggestions for people is that if you're on a PVE realm and you join into a cross realm zone, that's PVP, that something would appear on the screen to say, look, you've been deflagged for PVP, as opposed to all of a sudden you're, uh, corpse walking back because you've just had your ass handed to you by somebody's camping NPCs. And that's another thing which seems to have, uh, riled up an awful lot of people as well as higher level characters coming in and maybe camping an area and one area that comes to mind for me will be places like the crossroads you know the old favorite yeah go in there wreck the joints and just watch little horde players nerd rage all over the place uh i mean even even that removes in one respect you know the level one character logging on and sending you a tell going by the way you're a dick yeah. And speaking of some sending someone a tell, they have to figure out which server you're from because apparently tells aren't working. Uh, slash who isn't telling you who's in the zone from other realms. That's right. Yeah. Uh, you can't ignore someone or report them. Oh yeah, because so they don't exist. Yeah, it, they don't <laughs> exist. It's not incorporating any kind of system like the BGs have set in place. Yeah. Um, which is kind of fucked up. it's something that should definitely be in place at all times uh if it's something that already exists in the game um it's an invitation to grief really in terms of oh yeah removing all of that the the reportability or anything which allows you to force accountability on players for their behavior what you i mean we went through the list like i was saying a couple of minutes ago and one of the things that we had noticed and we were we were going through in this, and we actually found it really, really odd that people were saying that harassment, that they were noticing increases in harassment, they were noticing increases in griefing, um, bigotry in some places. Now, I was like, bigotry? I want someone to explain what they meant by that, and I'm guessing that they probably meant racism in some respects. But another thing that 
some people brought up as well was uh, the example that was given was the Brazilian realms being mixed with the North American realms, uh, which is like a well, it's it's not really that big a deal. It is a fairly big deal in a lot of respects because the Brazilian realms, of course, are Portuguese. Um, they'll say it's a Brazilian, but it's Portuguese, and the uh, North American realms, which will be English or they may be Spanish, and. Yeah, and- so trying to get that mix of people together where there's language barriers, it causes huge problems. I mean, I notice that when I jump into groups and there's uh, me and four Russian players. And I'm looking at four just Cyrillic character names. I can't even abuse those people because I can't abuse Cyrillics. God knows they probably won't even understand what I'm saying. Yeah, and then on top of that, what makes it a lot more and a lot more people rage is... Um, I'm not saying this about myself or everyone, but a lot of North American players from playing other games do not like playing with Brazilian players. They they always feel that they're subpar, even though that there's some really, really good competitive Brazilian teams. And uh, it's just causing more bigotry and harassment. And it's something that's starting to become uncontrolled from what I'm understanding. Um, I'm assuming and still just re- make a, a player report and then do an actual ticket, but you're still not able to ignore them. It It's something that's going to be extremely aggravating to NA realms, to EU realms and everything and, until they at least get it somewhat organized. Uh, in addition to that, as far as I'm aware, it's not even released to all realms yet, cross-realm servers, uh, zones rather. Apparently it's a rather small portion a limited number of realms and they i don't even think they released a list of which realms are paired with which yet yeah that seems to have uh i think that i mean there's a lot of bugbears that people that seem to have with this it just is an overall thing and the fact is it's a 100 page thread and you've even i mean i know the the developers like Ghostcrawler and some of the other community managers like Zarheim and the rest of it have jumped in and out of this of the various threads relating to cross realm zones and been like, look, we're not rolling backwards. We're going to continue going with this. Uh, we believe it gives something very vital to the players. And I mean, a lot of players have said that there's they're happy to, that there seems to be more world PvP. That it's that's good that they're able to see many other people. That people now feel that the war has been brought back to Warcraft and. I think I've seen Chris Metzen going, you know, if you think that's going to be Wars to Warcraft, you ain't seen nothing until Mr. Pandaria comes out. But then again, I could be just getting Metzened in the process with that. Um, so, uh, but the list of things, like the helpful suggestions that people have had coming out of this, like combining similar population servers, and not including Tolbrad and Wintergrasp, only combining realms of similar time zones. Like We touched on that was one of the big complaints that people had earlier. Um, I mean, even something as simple as to make daily quest hubs phased by server only, because that is another thing which a lot of people have had problems with was is the resources or NPC spawns not happening, especially the economic side of things where like talking about herb nodes, mining nodes, maybe you're talking about animals that need to be skinned. There seems to be like a huge knock on effect to that as well. Yeah, it has a lot more people after you kill a mob they're done and loot it, they're gonna skin it for you before you even get a chance to skin it. It's it's definitely gonna have a huge economic impact and more harassment. Um like unfortunately that's how phasing zones always worked though. 
<laughs> the worst thing about a phasing zone is when you get close to one and you see a node outside of it, then that node disappears when you phase inside of it. Um, Can't tell you how many times that's happened to me in that, um, you know, the Dragon Maw Pass that's in Twilight Highlands as you play <laughs> through those quests for Cataclysm. There's many times that I've actually been flying through there and I'm doing my uh, my farming for mining and I, as I land down onto an elementium vein, a rich elementium vein, or even a pyrite uh, node, and as soon as I land there, it disappears because it's in another phase. That used to drive me fucking mental. Yeah, and, and it's it is going to mess up economy for some servers, or especially for people like there's. I mean, some servers might have a different economy set where now instead of prices being already high, they might go even higher because of people in other servers that are constant farmers. I mean, granted, these are the lower levels, but I'm sure when P Mr. Pandera comes out, they're probably going to start including some of the Cataclysm levels. Yeah, spotters is the big... I think that's the uh, big concern players have, which you've yeah. got to... Especially because it looks or it appears to be from the player base that Blizzard aren't really taking any actions against botters. I think that's driving a lot of people a bit nutso in terms of how this is it can and will be abused. That people will just unleash their bots to go mine or to go fish or yeah. whatever. And, and then those, they're obviously profiting in the economy and they're working in the black economy side of things. Um, but I think it's something they really do need to get on top of. And you know what? For people who are, aren't sure what we're talking about in terms of the thread, we'll post a link to the thread up in our Twitter account uh, at Level85Rogue, and you'll be able to actually follow that thread from there. Yeah, because it's definitely something that's a huge concern, and it seems Blizzard's going to try and power through it, and hopefully they have it fixed by launch of MOP or before they incorporate those higher level zones into the, the phasing. Um, it's something that's really, really causing a lot of people grief because even the botters now, you, you can't report them. Exactly. Player does so, not exist. So not much you can really do. Yeah. I think moving on sort of the, uh, the next topic we wanted to touch on for this episode is uh, the Theramore, uh pre-expansion event that's going to be uh, dropping i think probably next week if we're looking at the timelines on this correctly i mean we're today what like the 9th of september so maybe yeah. it's not next week but maybe it's the week after that the theramore event drops the one thing that we've been sort of that, that we know for sure is that number one theramore is going to be raised to the ground yay i love world events that involve world changes <laughs> and the next thing we also know is that it's not really a world event, James. What? What? <laughs> You're right, yeah. It's not a world event. It's a scenario, so it gets to stay there in perpetuity for all players who follow through the expansions going forward. Oh, dear. That's, Ladies and gentlemen, that is the sigh of a man who is probably about to rage. I'm not sure if I should rage or just cry. <laughs> Basically, I mean, for, go on. You need to take I, you need to explain this to people. This is good. I love the world events. the The whole idea of it being this limited time event for people that were really involved, and you didn't have to be max level to participate in them. I, especially since there was things that you could get during the events that were 
only available for a limited time. It kind of added to your legacy of getting those achievements or adding to your plethora of loot that is only limited because you played during that time. So if it's something that's just going to be there forever for someone to cycle through, I mean, that's great for storing all, but I'm no RPing faggot. I, I just want my cool loot. And James, James, James. To... Oh, poor James. You're missing the point to Chris that, that people like Metzen and Ghostcrawler and all the rest of the Blizzard development team have, they don't want you to be a special snowflake any for They're like, fuck you and your special snowflakedness. Yeah. Well, they did the same thing to me with my Herald of the Titan. They were apparently going to remove it, but now they just made it a feat of strength and you go and take the achievements for it. So now people can still do Herald of the Titan. And it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, they don't want this. The main reason that they've done this basically is twofold. I'll get into two folds, but I first want to run through. When we were talking about world events in terms of the epicness of them, you've got the very first big world event really was the Gates of Ankaraj. And for those who are actually played through that, they will better know them as the gates of how to force your server to restart, reboot. Um, Because that's what happened when you gathered that many people up for that event. You Hmm. had a server crash. For TBC, then, you had the opening of the Dark Portal, which awarded you with the uh, special tabard that was for that, so you looked all shiny, neat, and cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also then got into Wrath of the Lich King, which was my favorite world event, which was where everyone got turned into zombies, and you could go around biting people in your city, and everyone basically got turned into the the same uh, type of big... And you also had Zygarats, which are those little uh, floating pyramids that would turn up around the place, yeah. and you'd which kill groups of those... Also- yeah, which also had small events at them that would give you limited time loot that actually looked like the tier two Naxus loot, just differently colored and actually looked a lot cooler because it was a more of a white scale kind of of set compared yeah. to what you would get in Wrath from that. Right. And you also got a lovely shiny tabard for us, which was awesome, yeah. which was that black tabard that had almost like the You also the Aztec got a banner and a horn. Yeah. You got a banner and a horn. You could call a little dude to come by your side and, and start messing shit up. Yeah, and that was cool. And then you had the Cataclysm event. Now, the Cataclysm event I've seen on a couple of people's podcasts and vlogs and everything else. They're like, yeah, we've, uh, we have we struggle to remember what... The, wasn't that the elemental thing? But they also yeah. forgot the uh, the retaking of Nomergon for the Alliance side. And then you had the Dark, Dark Mist Isles one. Yeah. which gave you the little trinket that turned you into a, a gnome, or if you were on the Alliance side, or if you were on the Horde side, it turned you into uh, a troll warrior. Yep. And you also... So there was that as well as the elemental thing. Um, but the I think the reason that they're removing it is because events like all those things are in the past, that players who maybe partook in those, and a lot of players who partook in them are no longer current players of the game, because don't forget, as we've learned before from previous earnings calls, there are more former players of World of Warcraft than there is current players. So right now we're looking at, what, 10.1 million players in World of Warcraft, or is it now less? It's less. It's, I, I think, think it's they're less. around 9 million. Yeah, 9 million now. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is at least, well, when we, we were told there was more players, we were looking at 
World of Warcraft being at 12.1 or 12.5 million players worldwide. So at that stage now, we've had another three added into it. So what we're looking at, 15 to 18 million, maybe 20 million former World of Warcraft players. So how many of the current players have actually got to experience things like the openings of the gates to Von Courage? And many of them have experienced things like the opening of the Dark Portal. Many of them have experienced the uh, the plague events that happened pre-Wrath of the Lich King or the taking of the... Well, I think I suppose there would probably be a number of players who've experienced the taking of uh, the Dark uh, Dark Mist Isles or the yeah. um, the retaking of Nomergon. So, But it's it also gives you things like, if you remember that event that was added in in patch 6.2 uh, where you basically got to rescue Thrall and you got a nice shiny 378 cloak out of it at the end. Yeah. Uh, I think they're trying to build in that, and I think they're trying to make sure that events like that stay in the game, uh, which I can, uh, which on one hand I kind of commend them for, because I think a lot of people, had they got to experience the plague or they got to experience the opening of the dark portal, uh, they'd actually see the fun and the humor in it. I mean, I know a lot of people raged about the plague thing when it happened. Crikey, the for- I mean, the forums were overloaded. People were like, no, I don't want to partake in this. Why are there people coming around biting me and screwing up my playtime? Why are they throwing up on me? Yeah, and a lot of people were like, why am I being... They, they felt like they were being forced to partake in it. But I kind of understand, like, even at the time, I loved that. I thought it was great fun, especially because I was playing Horde at the time and Orgrimmar was completely overrun. Uh, with zombies at one stage, and it was awesome. Yeah, and it goes back to the whole thing of it's something where they want to make things more convenient, more involving. Um, just like the removal of attunements, uh, I think there was a recent blue post about attunements as well, where uh, bring them people back. were yeah, people were saying bring them back, and they're like, we don't want you to have to grind something on all your characters and it's they want to give you alternatives for things and and it's kind of i mean it's not i mean no one's saying you have to make the humans out like outrageously long like for ubers but yeah. uh but just add something that builds into the story more it, it's it's more so everything is just playing kind of like a movie rather than you're being involved in it um, and I, I think them, I mean, it's not necessarily a bad idea making it a scenario, uh, I guess, because other people will be able to get to enjoy it. It's just something that it really moves away from that whole world changing world involvement kind of like impact on the game. But they did say that they kind of didn't want Mr. Pandera to be a world catastrophes happening come help save it whereas they do want to focus on the the hate between the two sides so having Theramore to be replayable by others would probably be more um more friendly i suppose to try and reintroduce everyone to the whole battling sides between horde and alliance yeah i mean the days of the special snowflake i think are 
um, they seem to be definitely wanted to put them to one side. And what I kind of really funny is you were talking about they want to remove the grinding side of things. One of the biggest accusations that's kind of been labeled at uh, Blizzard Entertainment about this current expansion is, oh, this expansion is completely and utterly aimed at the... Uh, in every which shape and form, it's aimed at the Asian market and trying to grow the Asian market. And what people, I think, don't seem to realize is the Asian market actually loves grind fests. They utterly thrive on games that are super grindy. They wouldn't. So, in terms of the casualization of the game that people have have leveled quite heavily at Blizzard about it, it doesn't tally then side by side of people game going, oh well, this expansion is clearly aimed at. Um, the Asian market, and don't forget, they only recently got clearance to actually introduce Mr. Pandari into the Asian market as uh, as short time ago as just during the week there. Yeah, and and the the whole thing about the grind is they have so many, like it's a very heavy and daily quest. Yeah. So you have new factions, and on top of that, uh, reputations are not account wide, unlike titles and achievements. Mm. Um you're going to have to grind those on all your characters and do all those dailies constantly over and over and over I again. I just want That's to play like Farmville and Pokemon. Yeah, I'm I'm <laughs> totally for just giving my $15 a month to play my Pokemons. You know what? They will actually pick up a lot of players in that, and that's that is definite. But I think the accusations of the you know that it's being the Asian theme is heavily being used to drive Asian sales, while on the other side it's removing out the grindiness of it and sort of making it tailoring it towards the casualization. The two things you can't have both arguments because they don't sit side by side in terms of the Asian market. Um, but you know what? I think that is us done for this week. We've been like a little bit longer than we normally are, but you know, sometimes these things do happen. James, I think next week, what are we going to look at discussing? I think maybe Theramore a little further. Hopefully, uh, Theramore will have more information or will be released. Uh, maybe we can get some hands on and see what's going on with that and see how the community reacts. Hopefully, some of the Cross Realm stuff will be fixed uh, as well. <laughs> fingers crossed along with everyone else in that 100 page uh forum thread that's on the u.s forums uh everyone thank you very much for stopping by and checking out episode three of the level 85 rogue uh podcast really appreciate it uh james where do people can they follow you on the twitters you can follow me at taku healer on twitter where i post news about video games comics and tons of things for fun enjoyment and if you want to follow me on the Twitter where I talk about a whole bunch of random shit, uh, you can follow me at the Ian Fella. So uh, once again, thanks for stopping by and don't forget to check us out next week. And so, my dearest fleshy, your time here at the gallows end has come. What are we if not forsaken? But until next time, embrace the shadow. <laughs>